Hello, everyone. This is episode 623 of the Pixelated Sausage Podcast for Friday, March 3rd. No, what am I on about? It's May 3rd, 2019. I am your host, Mark Kuznes, and today I'll be talking about Fade to Silence, some more Apex Legends, because I had quite the experience today, this morning, with my oatmeal, and probably a bit of movie talk at the end of the show, like always. But before I get to all that... I do have some news to talk about. One, apparently Sonic will be getting a makeover in the Sonic the Hedgehog movie. And I feel bad for the animators who have to then do all that work because the general public saw the footage and thought to themselves out loud, this is shitty. Why is this so shitty? You should really change this because it's so shitty. How they didn't realize that until this point, I don't know. But... I guess that's kind of good, though at the same time, I don't see much of a point because the look of Sonic isn't why the movie looks like shit. The movie looks like shit because it looks like shit. The writing in the trailer does not uh, appear to be good, and I don't think Jim Carrey looks that great. Uh, I'm not specifically talking about the way he looks, but just his his personality and his mannerisms and all that. I'm just like, I'm not feeling this at all. But yeah, that'll make it somewhat more palatable, I guess. But who knows, maybe the new design will be even worse. It could happen. I mean, just look at the original design. Would you ever expect them to create something that looks like that from Sonic? Uh, So that is that. And then Randy Pitchford is throwing a bit of a tantrum over, I think it was Game Informer who first called him out on him saying that there are no microtransactions in Borderlands 3 during the gameplay reveal, which uh, is not a lie per se, but misleading and that there will be cosmetics. I guess... I can see the argument if there are only a few dozen or so cosmetics that you can purchase as that being DLC. Because that has been considered DLC in many games. And I guess the the differentiation for a lot of people or the, the line that makes something DLC versus a microtransaction is the unknown factor. So with loot boxes you don't know what you're going to get even if it's just cosmetics and and in no way can help your uh, game uh, and make it better for you make it easier for you make your character stronger or whatever uh, it still is unknown you don't know what you're getting so you're just paying for anything uh, to randomly pop up i can see that argument to some point but if the cosmetics are known but there are still hundreds of them to purchase with real money that shit is microtransactions as far as I'm concerned. So I think some more details need to come out. But I, I do think him being called out on it is fine. And I think the way he reacted to being called out on it shows a lot about his character. I've never been his biggest fan or anything. But this, so far, is somewhat tainting my excitement for Borderlands 3, which was somewhat non-existent. But now I just kind of don't want anything to do with Borderlands 3 right now. 
that could all change by the time it comes out because I don't I don't know when it comes out, but I might forget about all this by that time. But it, it taints the game a little bit just seeing the way he has reacted to this whole situation, uh, and he's been re he's been reacting like a little kid, and it hasn't been pleasant to watch. I mean, you could look at the the thread on Twitter between him and Andy Mac Manera Namera. <laughs> I don't know how you say his name. Right? I'm trying to think of even how it's spelled. And I'm like, huh, I don't, I don't see it often. He's rarely on the podcast, so they don't say his name all the time. Hmm, hmm, hmm. But uh, that that has been both an interesting and somewhat sad thing going on. Just reading it, like it's just like, oh, why you, why you got to be like this, Randy? Why you got to be like this? But news-wise, that's pretty much it that I have seen. So I'm going to jump right into Things with Fade to Silence, which is a survival game meets Souls-like game that is in a very cold world where you were dead and brought back to life by some kind of ghoul shade-looking thing and... You have a daughter who you're reunited with pretty early on in the game. And then you're just left to the world to figure things out and explore it and find things and just do what you do. It conceptually is interesting. And I notice when I sleep at campsites or, or by fire that when it's loading... The game gives me a bit of story and hints at there being some kind of otherworldly thing going on. Not not otherworldly, but potentially future-y thing happening in, in the same way that Assassin's Creed worked. I, I get the sense in the way they're talking because the, the world you're in feels like one where the, the technological advancements are, are very sparse if existent at all and then when you get these little tiny bits of story through text and hearing the dialogue and just hearing people talk about things that seem more out of place for this world it makes me wonder about what the hell is actually going on but the game itself is really rough around the edges uh, i guess it was in early access for about a year and has launched I'm assuming because I, I'm playing on Xbox One and it it looks like a last gen game. It's not crisp or anything. Uh, the combat isn't satisfying. The enemies are pretty boring so far. I've only ran into three. And the world is empty and boring. You can collect some resources, you can do crafting. You can run into people who can join your camp and become companions. I'm not sure how that system works that well right now because I just ran into my first person outside of my daughter named, I think, Jin, who was lighting a large fire which attracted enemies. And then I took enemies through waves while he was putting the fire out. And then he joined my camp. And... I think I can have him go out and collect resources for me and do this or that for me. 
but also f- for every day he will automatically take food from me use firewood uh and stuff like that so i have to keep my eye on that but um i haven't i don't think i found a single place that i could make into a second home and uh, when you die you're brought back to where you started this little shrine area with all your inventory items intact i don't know if it's because i have something in my inventory that is allowing me to do that right now and that is some kind of usable but um yeah it hasn't really wowed me in any way the this the story what little is there isn't that interesting and the the real important thing is just that the world is not doing much for me i've explored it for a few hours i've come across these things like there are these weird looking creature things that you can cleanse i think that have faces that look like they should attack you but they don't do anything and you just cleanse them and then the guy who resurrects you is like you're pissing me off why are you doing this and why does river grove illinois keep calling me and they're not leaving a message what kind of son of a bitch is this are you the person sorry for the interruption but it's okay because i was just talking about fate to silence um i i want to like it because i like souls like game but part of my disinterest in it is the thought of having to manage all the survival aspects of the game you have to deal with cold and food aka hunger and i think something else there's also health of course but that's not anything to do with survivability but um it's so i will say this about the survival aspects of the game they're not super intrusive or really aggressive it's not like i have to eat and warm myself all the time and even if i'm very hungry it doesn't seem to negatively affect me and like souls games if i get too cold and i don't know how this works if it's when i rest or something my health bar will be permanently dropped a little bit and some of it will be frozen you can take some kind of tonic to break that apart a little bit but yeah i heard it's a pretty buggy game too on pc on xbox one at least so far i haven't run into any kind of bugs that are game breaking or led to crashes so that's a good thing but it just isn't doing anything particularly special and the parts where it needs to excel like in combat it's not doing anything the combat is very shallow and the enemies and their attack patterns are very basic and boring the enemy designs are not that interesting yeah, so when I look at games that are similar that may not have the survival aspects, I, I just rather play them. I'd r- rather replay one of the Dark Souls games, or uh, like I- I've recommended this game many times. But I think the Surge is very, very, very good and has a great combat system. I love the combat system in the Surge. It's I, I don't know if it- if it's better than the Souls games. But it definitely 
is more strategic and it's weird because you can look at the souls games and be like okay this is pretty hack and slashy you can play it very hack and slashy whereas in the surge you know you have to be a little bit more strategic with how you play like okay i'm gonna attack this enemy's right arm because that has this particular weapon which is very devastating to me and if i can knock that out they're going to be much weaker and then i can attack the the rest of them and i really like that aspect and also the loot system where if i'm trying to upgrade an arm and i need arm components what i need to do is attack the the arm that i'm looking for like i need components for a right arm schematic that i want to build I need to attack this enemy in particular, this type of enemy. I need to attack their right arm, and when I get to this point, I need to do this special attack so that they will drop this component that I like. I, I love that system. The surge is really, really good, and that's the problem with Fade to Silence. It's it's not that good, and it's forgettable, and it's making me think about how much fun I had with other games that are kind of similar. I think there's some good ideas, but it, it comes across as a game that is lacking because of its lack of resources i'm sure that the team that made this is small and did the best they could but it just doesn't all come together which is sad now moving on to apex legends which i've talked about to death so many times on so many episodes but i need to talk about it some more because i had by far the best experience with it today when i was eating my oatmeal I had another win, winning my oatmeal, but this win was very special, and I'm going to talk about it from start to finish. So, this particular match started out like any other. Full squad, we were doing the usual thing when we first dropped, collecting weapons, armor, items, etc., and eventually we got into a bit of combat with multiple squads, and... It was at a bit of a standstill, a lot of back and forth. We had the high ground. Another squad was way off into the distance. And then a second squad was across from us using buildings as cover and hiding in them when they needed to heal up and stuff like that. And we were just going back and forth and taking some of them out. But it was it was a slow burn. And this was a, a little bit deep into the game. Uh, the 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 circle had already shrunk, I think two times, and then during this firefight, one of our teammates dropped. They dropped for seemingly no reason. Um, it, it wasn't that they were downed or that they died and didn't want to have to pick up all their items after being revived or anything like that or, or being brought back. They just dropped when they were still alive and my only guess is that they had some kind of connect uh, connectivity issue so that sucked and it left our squad uh, uh, at just being a team of two and then during this firefight we eventually knocked out the full squad that was across from us and the circle then was creeping up on us you know it, it took so long that we were almost ready to be engulfed in the circle and in the hot zone and get all kind of burnt up and damaged in that uh, nasty area. And when we were running to get into the circle, my teammate was downed. And I took some time to look around to see if anyone was there that I could 
see because I, I don't want to revive them and get into that animation and get uh, sniped or something. I didn't see anyone, but when I was reviving them, I realized that we're in the 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 bad space right now, and it's knocking down more health than it would be. It, it was knocking down so much health that I wouldn't be able to revive them in time, and then I would be down, and then we would just be screwed. So I ran off over this wall and got into the circle so that I could heal up and then get them back. In the time it took me to do all that, they eventually died. And instead of waiting for me to get their beacon and then bring them back, they just quit out as well. So I was left by myself and three other teams. So there were four squads left, I being one of said squads. And just a squad of one. And so I at this point figured I had no chance. I was screwed. But whatever. I'm going to start running to the new circle. And along the way I found somebody who was just kind of hiding. Which is what I do when I'm by myself usually. And I took them out. And then there were only three squads left. So I was feeling, I was feeling a little better. I got into the circle. Saw another enemy. I saw Mirage. And he was kind of moving to the side and didn't see me. So I took him down quickly and made sure to kill him because I don't need anyone reviving anyone when I'm by myself. And then his buddy came in, a Pathfinder, and we got into a bit of a firefight. And he shot me and knocked me down. And I thought, this was over. They're going to kill me and it's all going to be done. But they didn't realize that I had, because why would they know that I have a gold knockdown shield, which is the the, the highest level shield that allows you to self-revive yourself. So I just stayed in this room for a little bit, watching them run back and forth, not killing me, not deciding to finish me off. And when they left and I knew I had the the time to revive myself, I started that animation. Uh, I, I made sure not to ever pop my shield because if they saw that I had a gold shield, they would know that I would be able to revive myself. But of course, they just left me and didn't complete the kill, which is understandable that late in the game because at that point, you don't want to waste any time focusing on an enemy who can't do anything to you at that point because there are so few players left in that at that point and the space is so limited that you could get uh, snuck up on from behind or anything like that but when I knew I was in the clear I started to revive myself and I, I managed to do so and then I, I, I used the phoenix kit which um, fills uh, your shields and your health and I was back to, to full health and full shields and I was like oh shit can I do this can I do this and so I ran around to where I heard some shooting and the Pathfinder who avoided me or who knocked me down but didn't kill me, they knocked down somebody and then I killed the other player on that team. So that team was knocked out and then it was just me and this Pathfinder left. And I used my ultimate prior to that so I was in very clear vision mode so I could see enemies clearly. The Bloodhound's ultimate allows him to see enemies uh, in contrast to the environment, which turns black and white and grays and all that, uh, and the enemies all look red. 
and you can see their movement very clear. It's a, a very uh, powerful ultimate. So I found him and I started shooting at him. Then he, he uses grappling hook to grab onto one of the buildings and fling himself over it. Then I was following him and I was shooting some more and missing a bunch because I was just so excited and scared and nervous because it was just me and him. I was pretty sure I, there could have been somebody else, but I was pretty sure it was just down to me and him. And I should have died because I was such a poor shot then. But he did not knock down all my health. He destroyed my shields and about two-thirds of my health. And then I hid behind this rock. And when I say I hid behind this rock, I mean I walked behind it. And he could have walked to the side and killed me. But he was shooting at the rock for a little bit. And when I reloaded and then got out behind the rock and iron-sided him and started shooting, I somehow managed to kill him. I don't know how it happened. But I killed him, and then I saw those beautiful words pop up on the screen, you are the champion. And I felt so relieved, so accomplished. It was the most exciting, intense experience I've had with the game in a very long time. My heart was racing after that uh, game finished. I had to take a breather. I had to just put the controller down and be like, that, did, that, did that just happen? Oh, my God. Oh. I can't believe that just happened. And I just, it, it was such an amazing experience. And it's stuff like that that keeps me coming back to Apex. You know, I, I could never handle that kind of experience over and over and over again. But once in a while, having such an incredible moment like that is, is what makes Apex so special. And I know people will complain about the game and how it doesn't have enough frequent updates or enough changes. But the core gameplay it is so solid and the moments you can have in it in in large part because of the way the uh different legends work and their abilities and all that it just makes for new and exciting experiences every single time i play and this one is definitely going to be up there until i am done with apex legends because i've been wanting to get a solo win for a while and managing to do that all on my own after both my teammates dropped. You know, they, they helped a bit early on, but in the end, I'm the one who finished the fight. I finished the fight. None of them stuck around. And I I really hope that they don't retroactively give that win to my teammates because I'm the one who did it. And they both dropped. I would be fine with them getting the win if they stayed and watched how things played out. But they didn't stay to the end. And I don't think they deserve that win because I got it. But uh, I love Apex Legends so much. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put some more money into it because I, I love it so much. And they currently have a Bloodhound Legendary skin available to purchase. And a alternate that I could use some of those goddamn legendary tokens on so i'm probably gonna do that and just buy it with microsoft rewards points because whatever i have so many of them it's a good use for them and i, I like supporting a game that has brought me so many hours of joy and continues to do so and and gives me memories like this you know I, i'm not gonna soon forget that particular win it is the best win I've had, my favorite win, and 
I just I, I can't stress enough how, how good that felt. I, I loved it so much. But that's pretty much it in terms of what I've been playing because I looked at a good chunk of the stuff I got since the last episode, the codes for games and whatnot, and I looked at the embargoes, and they're not as far off in the distance as some of the other games I have, but still, the majority of them are all under embargo, and I can't really talk about them, so that sucks. Movie-wise... I don't really want to talk about anything I've watched because there's nothing exciting on that front. I did pick up finally Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, which I'm excited to watch. It finally hit the the price I was waiting for in, in 4K, so I'm excited to check that out. And I'm also excited to eventually rewatch the Batman or Batman the animated series because that dropped down to 50 and that was my that was the price point I was waiting for. So I'm excited for that. But uh, let's talk about some eBay stuff. One, I put up a bunch of steel books because I'm ready to start getting rid of some steel books. Not all of them. I'm still going to keep steel books for things I love and whatnot. And there are some movies that I still only have the steel book version of, so I can't get rid of them at this point. But I put up a handful, including Edward Scissorhands and Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, both of which I got for around, I don't know, I think like six bucks. And both of those particular are already in bidding wars, which is just funny. But uh, I'm excited to get rid of them and excited that people are still fans of Johnny Depp to the point where they want to waste their money on steelbooks of those shitty movies. Edward Scissorhands is... it's still, I don't like it, but in comparison to Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, it's pretty damn good. But one thing that I did purchase on eBay and I got yesterday, which I was excited about, was the full slip Korean limited edition whatever of Maudie, which is a movie about a, uh, what is it, uh, I think a Nova Scotia artist, I think that's where she was from, and I really like this movie, and the reason why I got this full slip specifically is because the movie was released in the States on Blu-ray, However, the Blu-ray is part of Sony Picture Classics line, the Sony Pictures Classics line, which may have changed at this point, but when Maudie came out and, and all the, the releases prior to and maybe some still, it is a BDR and not a pressed disc. So it is a just a burned disc, and that means it's nowhere near as reliable as a pressed disc. And they charge a premium for their classics line and or it's like i think that one is part of the classic line but there also is a choice collection which is a similar type of line that also does a lot of bdrs that i think may be changed at this point but i opted to get this korean release because it's a press disc and it came in this beautiful packaging and then that made me fall down this rabbit hole of Korean releases of movies and and in these particular full slips, which are just very, very pretty. And I, I've purchased three now, uh, all of which are, are either movies that have shitty versions in the States or no versions in the States. Specifically, 
Maudie is the only one that has a version in the States. The other two currently don't have any kind of U.S. release, so that's a large part of why I've purchased them. I haven't purchased any that are widely available in the States because I'm not going to go crazy yet, at least, but uh, probably never on these because the cheapest you can get a full slip is, I think, about 35 bucks. And they range from 35 to hundreds of dollars. And the hundreds of dollars ones probably are, are ones that have sold out and, and stuff along those lines. But I have so far purchased Maudie, which I already mentioned, and then Love Rosie, which is a romantic comedy that most people would probably not give any shits about. But I quite enjoyed it. So I purchased the full slip of that. And then I got Shaolin Soccer because Shaolin Soccer is fantastic and somehow was never released in the States. But uh, the thing I love most, I mean, it's also important because the, the Korean releases are all Region A, which is great because that's what region we're in in the States. But I'm just so taken by how beautiful the packaging is on so many of these full slips from Korea. They're very beautiful. And if you don't know what a full slip is, it's like a slipcover, but it's much thicker cardboard, much sturdier, and opposed to a slipcover, which slips on the top and has the top and the bottom gone so that it can slip over the, the Blu-ray case. This just has one of the sides open so that you can slip the the, the, the Blu-ray case in the, in the full slip that way. And they're, they're much prettier, much nicer, sturdier. They're, they're thicker, of course. And they seem to usually come with some extra little like postcard things and, and in some cases a little booklet. They're just they're very well put together packages. Uh they're often limited to a thousand or less copies. My copy of Maudi was like number seven hundred and something or whatever. Uh so they, they don't make that many of them, but if you if you find something that you like and you can get it cheap, uh you might you might want to check it out if you care about packaging. Uh, I like getting slipcovers and all that. I don't go out of my way to get them. I'm not going to pay double the price for something just to get a slipcover. But if I happen to get a slipcover, I'm like, oh, that's awesome. I ordered when Marnie was there from Half Price Books via Amazon. And it happened to come with a slipcover, which is crazy because finding that movie with a slipcover is very hard to do. If you go on eBay, you'll find a lot of bullshit listings that act like they're the U.S. release with the slipcover. Or you can see, if they show the actual image of the, of the item, that it's the Canadian release with a different slipcover. Uh, it's a nice slipcover. It's embossed and all of that. But it's still the Canadian release, and you shouldn't get duped if, if you care about slipcovers in that sense. And the Canadian release is a lesser version with a lower bit rate, so don't, don't do it. But it managed to come with a slipcover, and I was like, oh, this is really good. Also, speaking of half-price books and their Amazon store, all of their used Blu-rays are listed as good. They're not listed as very good or like new or anything like that. They're always listed as good. Don't let that scare you away, because if you've been to a half-price bookstore, you'll know that many of the Blu-rays they have are usually in pretty good condition, and... That is the same for half price books. I purchased a few products from them and they've always been in very good to like new condition. So they just opt for good. I'm guessing to just not have to deal with people 
complaining or, or writing in about returning or, or this or that or, or asking for partial refunds or, or, or whatnot. So that's something to keep in mind because that description might scare more people off from a, a, a product that is significantly cheaper than other versions. So if you see something you like and you see that there is a very cheap used version of it, on Amazon, pick that up because it's probably going to be in very good condition. I picked up Mind Blind Brother, which I didn't realize was a BDR, but it is. Uh, and I'm still not sure if the one I got was legit, even so. But it regularly goes for like 25 bucks on Amazon, brand new, because it's a, an MOD uh, BDR. And I purchased it via half price books for all total shipping and all, and all that. Nine bucks which was a great deal. And the copy I got, uh, the case was in pristine condition. The disc was a BDR, but it was very clean and it was, it ripped fine and all that. And the picture looks really good. Why I'm still not sure if it's a legit copy or if there's just something that went really screwy in, in the production of these MODs uh, is that when I ripped it and opened it with make MKV, it, the title of the the disc was listed as like Neighbors or something, which I looked up on IMDb and is not an alternate title for My Blind Brother in any territory. And why would it be? Well, how does My Blind Brother sound anything like Neighbors? Um, so I don't know. But whatever. It's nine bucks. But uh, yeah. Full slips are beautiful. And you should look into them because maybe there's a movie that you want that isn't available in the States, that is available in that way. You have to keep in mind to just pay attention to the languages and all that. Usually they have the English language, but where you really have to be somewhat wary of it is that there is a full slip for the penis, which I love. It's not available in the States on Blu-ray. I'm hoping at some point it'll come out via um, the Criterion Collection because they've done a few at least um roman polanski films um they've done rosemary's baby macbeth i think something else i know carnage a more recent thing was not released via them but i feel like the penis has a good chance of at some point uh coming out via the criterion collection which i'm still hoping for and the reason why i've not purchased the full slip of that yet and and may never do it even though it's a pretty full slip is that in The Pianist, it's it's mostly in English, but there are times where they're speaking, I guess, German, and there are subtitles for that. There is no track that only has subtitles for the foreign language bits in the Korean release. It has full English subtitles for all of it, you know, English and the foreign language and all that, but not for the foreign language speaking bits only so that is a bit frustrating for me i can't remember how much of that type of that dialogue is in the movie but that does make me hesitant about picking it up i know i could just download subtitles from like subscene or, or, or any of these sites that uh collects uh, subtitles for movies but i'd rather have just uh, a, a copy of the movie that doesn't have that issue but um 
full slips are beautiful. You might find a full slip of a movie that is not available in the States. And even if it is available in the States, you might look at it and think, holy shit, this is this is very pretty. I want this. I've put like 20 in my watch list of just things that I'm like, I'm looking at this. I'm like, you are pretty. Maybe at some point. <laughs> I also bought a full slip for another movie. I don't even want to mention what movie it is. <laughs> and it, no, I'll mention it. It's, it's What Women Want with Mel Gibson, which I like and you don't have to like. But it, it's the most boring full slip. It's not available in the States again, which is why I got it. But the full slip for this is just the poster. But it looks like the, the material and the colors pop more. It still looks nice. So it's just these full slips are nice. They are nice. So shit, now that's that's four <laughs> full slips that I got. Three of which are not available in the States. So get off my back. And I save three bucks on two of them with the eBay coupon. Perks for me, which may or may not still be good. But uh, yeah, that's exciting. I was so excited when the, the copy of Maudie came in. And it ships pretty fast. I got it pretty soon. Uh, given that it's shipping from Korea and it's going through customs and all that shit. But, um, yeah. That's pretty much it. Much itch. That's pretty much it to talk about in terms of movies. Outside of me rewatching Speed Racer and liking it way more the second time. I enjoyed it to an extent the first time, but I enjoyed it from start to finish the second time and immediately thought after finishing it, holy shit, why is this not on UHD? This needs to be in 4K because the races and all that. The Speed Racer would look amazing in 4K. The Matrix isn't on 4K, all three of them, and that's fine. But Speed Racer would look incredible in 4K, and that needs to happen because it just, it does. It does. But I think that is a good place to wrap this here episode up. Once again, I'm your host, Mark Krishnez. Y'all can find me on Twitter and pretty much everywhere at PX Sausage. The site is, of course, pixelatedsausage.com, where you can find this podcast, the Pixelated Paranormal Podcast, and Attack the Backlog, which are all available on podcast services across the globe, like Stitcher Radio, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. And if you'd like to check out the video version of this here show or Attack the Backlog, you can go over to youtube.com slash sausage. If you want to check out the art I make, which is very colorful and kooky and crazy, you can go over to pxsart.com if you see something you like. Click the link and it'll take you to where you can purchase a print of the piece you fancy. And if you fancy the site in general and anything we do, please go over to patreon.com slash pxs and support us that away as always thank you for watching or listening i hope you enjoy this here episode and i hope you have a wonderful wonderful rest of your day and an absolutely lovely week and bye bye oh shit no no hold on i forgot i watched captain marvel i thought that movie was a fucking piece of shit how did i forget to talk about this okay hold the phone Rewind all this shit. Captain Marvel. I saw that. I saw it Wednesday. And I was like, okay, this will be okay. I fucking hated it. Hated it is a bit strong. It has some moments. Sure, the cat is kind of funny, but it's still a bit stupid. Whatever. But the movie is so bad. It is so bad. In large part because Brie Larson, who I think is a talented actress, 
is a wooden robot in it. And you can make the argument, I'm sure some will that the, some will say that she is, you know, unsure of herself. She's trying to figure out who she is and all this shit. I don't give a shit. You can be in that mindset trying to figure out who you are and be confused and have amnesia about six years, you know, only remember the last six years, blah, 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 and still be somewhat of a compelling character. But she has no personality. She has no charisma. Even when she starts figuring things out, I still don't give a shit about her. She made me appreciate Black Panther way more, who I thought was such a boring character. But now I'm like, Black Panther, you're fucking, you're Tony Stark, man. You're awesome. You're a cool dude. And you're fucking Captain Marvel, Carol Danners, whatever the hell your name is. You suck. I hate you. And it's made me, this is the amazing thing about Captain Marvel. It is one Made me less excited about Endgame because I know she's in it. I'm gonna have to deal with her. She's the she's the Iron Fist of the MCU. I haven't seen Iron Fist, but the way people talk about Iron Fist and the Defenders and his existence and all this stuff makes me think that is Captain Marvel for me in the MCU. And uh, two, it makes me question whether or not Thor two is as bad as I remember. I really want to rewatch it now because I think I might like it more than Captain Marvel. I'm curious if Captain Marvel is the worst MCU movie for me, for me. Uh, it, it reminded me, like with the trailers, of Green Lantern. But part of me thinks I like Green Lantern more. I want to rewatch that too now. that's the Captain Marvel did for me what KOTOR did for me with Star Wars, but on the completely opposite end, or in a similar way. KOTOR made me fall in love with Star Wars and made me think, hey, maybe the prequels weren't as bad as... I thought they were Captain Marvel. I hated and made me think maybe these other comic book movies that I didn't like aren't actually as bad as I think they are because like this one's really bad and boring and shitty. Sure. Sam, Sam Jackson is pretty good in it. He's probably my favorite part of the whole movie, but that's not enough. And yeah, Sam Jackson, uh, the youngification of him looks really good. The youngification of, uh, what's his face? Colson. Colson. Yeah, not not. Uh, I was gonna make a joke with that. It wasn't gonna work. Uh, I was gonna make a coleslaw joke. That's what I was gonna make. Uh, Colson. He does not look good. His youngification. But yeah, I, 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 I like the part of the story where the krull, krill, whatever the hell they're called, are and they're like these are spoilers. Sure, whatever. Fine. Who cares? The movie sucks. You don't need to see it. it, it in no way is something that is necessary to see before Endgame. And I would implore you not to see it because maybe you'll end up like me and not want to see it as much. But um, having them be sympathetic characters and, and come out as not the villains, I really liked. <sighs> Annette Benning just felt really weird and out of place. I just, I was miserable the whole time. And I thought about leaving plenty of times. But since I actually paid for the ticket, I'm like, fuck this shit. I'm going to sit through this. Maybe there'll be something that will redeem it. That never happened. I kept waiting for the cat thing to show up. Like, what's with this cat? And then the one girl's like, that is not a cat. That is a blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, okay, when's the payoff? When are we going to find out what this thing is? And then it's just like, oh, it's got a fucking squid in its mouth or whatever. Yeah, rip the do. And the, 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 uh, the way that <laughs> it's reminiscent of things that happened in Solo, but the explanation for why Fury lost his eye and had to start wearing an eye patch. It's so fucking stupid. I hate that shit too. Like they just ruin. Like it's the dumbest story. If you want it ruined for you, here goes the fucking cat, her thing, alien thing. It just scratches eye, and apparently because it's this rough thing, it fucking really infected him or some shit. So he lost his eye. Whatever. Um, 
Yeah. And then the after the credits thing, the the the, the mid credit one is the one that has something to do with the story. It's just like, oh, here it's Captain Marvel. She's here with the Avengers who didn't disappear. But the after credit one is just the cat coughing up the Tesseract as if it was a hairball. I was like, fucking shit. I waited all for this. I thought there was something else. I felt bad about waiting for that crap too. Uh, I do appreciate the uh, thing for the tribute to Stan Lee at the very beginning. I like that. But yeah, I just didn't. And like some of the music choices seemed weird and and made me question like why is this song playing in this moment? Um, I just, I fucking, I was so shocked by how much of a reaction it, it brought out of me after seeing it. I thought at worst, I would just think it was okay that it would be a lower tier Marvel movie, but I actively disliked so much of it. I just, it's DC level quality. I might, I mean, it, to go on, uh, go back and be like, you know, how I'd rather watch. Like, I think I'd much rather just go back and watch Batman v Superman or Justice League or give Suicide Squad another chance than watch Captain Marvel ever again. I don't want to watch this movie ever again. And I'm glad that it has nothing to do with anything. It is very much just an origin story, and I never have to give it any more attention. You know, there's things in the, the universe, like Thor 2, which does play into some of the storyline and what happens, and Age of Ultron, which, of course, is important. But, like, Captain Marvel is not important, and that is the best thing about it because it sucks. Anyway, once again, thank you for watching or listening. I hope you enjoyed this here episode, and I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your day and an absolutely lovely weekend that in no way involves you seeing Captain Marvel. If you're going to see Captain Marvel, just don't do it, okay? Just trust me. I know that I have a lot of bad opinions according to the majority but this is a good opinion this is a good opinion all right high five high five here's here's a high five Ooh, okay bye-bye uh that's not a good bye-bye okay one two three bye